0: Good morning. Thank you so much for uh, giving this chance to me to speak to you about the amazing grace of Jesus and about his astonishing name and message. I am Daniel Shayeste. I have come from Iran was born in a Muslim family. My father had two wives and twelve children, they were all living together uh, because I was doing well. I was doing good in their school and they thought that I could become a good religious leader too. They invested in my life and encouraged me to prepare myself in an Islamic way. They didn't know that I was going to be a good religious boy for Jesus. Otherwise, they wouldn't spend any money in my life. Anyhow, um, I grew very rapidly in that. And since the age of nine, I was called to different religious ceremonies, perform Islamic, you know... uh, rituals and reciting the Quran which is very popular we didn't know anything about Christ unless what the Quran said now why Quran speaks about Christ because the prophet of Islam went to a church for about 3 decades and church in Mecca his wife was a christian first wife and uh, after they got married. He became interested in church. And then after 13 years, his wife died, and uh, his uncle was a Christian too. And uh, his uncle died, and his tribe became harsh to him and left the city, went to another city, and that was there he fully rejected Christianity and brought in new religion, just like Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons. Exactly similar to them. And anyway, so we did know that much about him um, and Islam. Later on in his life, he rejected the sonhood and Godhood of Jesus and just called Jesus as a prophet. We didn't know more than that. But since the grade nine, I became very much interested in Iranian classical power And uh, that um, power three involves uh, with God philosophy too. So I knew a little bit about philosophy about God too but really didn't know anything about Christianity or even the depths of Islam, Islamic social values and others. We just simply heard from leaders that Islam was the best and we were blindly following it. Um, I finished my high school, um, entered university. In the university I joined the revolutionaries. Unfortunately if if we knew really that Iran was going to become very dictatorial we wouldn't do that. We would we were promised that Iran would reach democracy through Islam and people would have freedom, and that's why we did follow the supreme leader, Ayatollah Khomeini. Anyhow, I was, like many other students, disillusioned with the system in Iran because of political and social injustice. Um, I was a really sharp student, and uh, with that going, I was going to uh, get an, a scholarship and even come to America and study here in the time of king. But I was unable to continue my study because of my, you know, the poverty of my family. Iran was a wealthy country. It's a rich country now too, but people are poor because leaders are unable to manage the economy well there. So that caused me to be angry at the ruling king and joined the revolutionary students. And I actually joined the communist group first because I was disillusioned with the God of Islam too. I was a religious boy. God didn't help me, then I don't need that God, I said. But after one year you know, discussional things with uh, different groups, I discovered that there must be a God for the universe. Consequently, I went back to Islam. I didn't know any other religion. But this time, the Islam in the university was very radical. And uh, because of that, we followed Ayatollah Khomeini. He is deceased. He is not around now. And... uh, so, under his leadership, we overthrew the kingdom in Iran. The king of Iran escaped, and we captured the country. Because I was one of the famous boys, initially I was invited to start the Revolutionary Army with two other men. Um, that Revolutionary Army, called a nickname for that army is Hezbollah. Hezbollah means the Party of Allah. It's a... Phrase taken from the Quran, chapter 5, it says the party of Allah must triumph universally. And so the goal of the party, major goal is to capture Israel and then to take Islam to the end of the world. And that has been uh, the, the principle of Islam for spreading in all over the world for centuries. Um, anyhow it didn't work for me i didn't really go uh, because very soon we realized that we were deceived by islamic leader you know deception is part of islam i don't know how many of you have studied about islam even you buy their judiciary book it is written there you know uh, reliance of the Tra- um i think yeah reliance of the travelers um, it's in the Amazon. They sell it. You can buy it for $40. It's written there: deception for the sake of Islam is legitimate. It's coming from the Quran, but we didn't think that the leader would deceive us, his own brother. But I mean, Islam allows that to some extent to happen. If you're the most righteous one, and there are, you know, less righteous ones to guide them to. Obey Islamic principle, you can deceive them too. But in Iranian culture, what that was odd, it made, that, made us angry. We became opposition to him, and he became really a dictator. He passed the resolution in the parliament to, uh, you know, have absolute authority, created chaos inside the country. So we very soon really separated ourselves from. Him, but in the name of Islam, we wanted to establish democracy inside the country and rule. Actually, we won the government. One of my colleagues became the president of the country with 88% of people's vote. And Ayatollah lost with 2% in less than a year. And that angered him. Since he was the chief commander of the army, that Islamic law, the most righteous one, is the chief ruler. So he had the um, revolutionary army in his hand. He became angry at the independent group. We were the independent. And wanted to kill the president. president escaped from the country. The president of the country escaped from the country. And um, they captured the government, killed some, killed some escape. I was one of them caught and put in a Small cell, it was a toilet actually. I was kept in the toilet, I was waiting in death row, and then were taken to another city with five, with four others. We were five all waiting on death row, four were killed, and uh, I was, you know, released temporarily because of the help of some uh, of my friends who were in high position. They played some some games, legal games, you know, a lot of games in Islamic countries. But I believe that my Lord really planned that, even though I didn't know him in that time. And so um, I was able to escape from Iran to Turkey. Um, um, my, My death penalty was pending there. And in Turkey, God revealed himself to me in amazing ways in many ways and it just uh i i was i was really amazed the first one was my university study i entered you know university in turkey because turkish is my mother language and uh, to do my doctorate the major of my doctorate was about cultures religions and philosophies it's amazing that i was a muslim i started this study but i am using now in all over the world for the glory of jesus you see his planning i was really amazed there because i was taught for 32 years that islam was the perfect and last religion in the world no other religion is perfect that's why islam must triumph and erase all other religions in the world and christianity if you're a committed muslim you're always taught that is the worst of all other religions and uh, so I was even though I was disillusioned with Islamic political philosophy but I was still thinking because of brainwashing that I would find the wonderful things about Islam but to this my you know disappointment I found that Islam was the least of all other religion concerning social and political you know uh, philosophy ethical things And uh, I found Christianity the toughest one in every way. Amazing. It was amazing to me, honestly. I, I never expected that. And so that changed my worldview toward Christianity. And disappointed me a lot about Islam. But of course it didn't make me a follower of Jesus Christ because it was just about political and social philosophy. I didn't know about the spirituality of Christianity. God with his sovereign power later led me to church for a reason. I really was not interested in, you know, never thinking to go to a church, you know, to hear about Christianity. I needed to find someone, the church people knew him, so I went there. And they helped me to find him. In that process, I was going to church just to get news from them because only on Sunday I could go to see them. They were only free on Sunday and they were in the church and there was no any cell phone in that time for me to call them. (laughs) I didn't have even a phone. So... In that time, I heard the message of God from them, and it was amazing for me. Beautiful thing I heard. I don't have to talk, time to talk about that really. I have written books, four books, and in my testimony also is one of them. And if you're interested, you can contact me, or you can go to Amazon and uh, you know I get them it 's fascinating. My story is really fascinating it 's not only an, a story it 's an eye opening story it 's an apologetic story how Jesus changed the life of a Muslim scholar and politician. and so I heard them amazing thing about God. One amazing thing was that God is personal in the Bible. God is not personal in any other religions. They cannot have personal relationship with people. But these people were saying that God in the Bible is personal. We have personal relationship with Him. We are with God. God is with us. And that little church, it's amazing, was prepared to answer your question. Their logic about this was mighty. They they were saying that if God is not personal, He cannot have... Uh, image because only you can attribute image to the personal god brain to the personal god impersonal god means no god you cannot say no god has a brain do you understand what i'm saying you better understand what i'm saying <laughs> it's amazing they said god is personal he has image if God doesn't have image, then he cannot have plan. If the, he doesn't have plan, he cannot have creation. If he doesn't have plan, he cannot have salvation. He cannot save. That made sense to me. I said, boy, this is yummy. <laughs> so powerful. So I had gone for something else now God is drawing my attention here. And so I, later on, I had a dream, and that dream was amazing. The following Sunday, I went to the church. I heard my dream from the pulpit. I said, I have to read that book. So I grabbed the New Testament. New Testament is an amazing book, really. New Testament not only reveals God to you, but puts your hands in the hands of God. Amazing. I finished the book for the first time. I lost the God of Islam. The God of Islam cannot be the true God. It's a God made in the image of a man. Started to read the gospel for the second time. The love of Jesus Christ was amazing. I said I have to give my life to him. I gave my life to him. And after that, he brought my wife and my children joined me in in Turkey. In Turkey, she was a radical Muslim like me, too. But God, in a mighty way, changed her life. She was terrified when she heard I was a follower of Jesus Christ. But God touched her mind and heart. And after two and a half months, she had a dream, too. Her dream was written in the Bible. And that softened her heart to Join the ladies, Christian ladies meeting, and later on, give our heart to the Lord. The Lord, mighty Lord, not only changed us, but has been using us in a mighty way. We have touched the brain and heart of millions of Muslims all over the world. One of, one of my books actually is, was translated so far in 10 languages that Muslims speak in the world. There are two uh, more. We are going to do that next year by the grace of God. Please pray for me. We are really touching the hearts and minds of Muslims, but we have a lot of enemies in America too, in this Philadelphia too. My life is targeted. You know? But I really love the Lord. And I don't care about, you know, what happens to me. And um, that's why I'm trying really to reveal to you some other you know, astonishing things about him and about his name. You heard from the passage that he is the only one to save people. And you heard that how courageous his disciples were. They were talking to the top leaders of their nation in front of them. They were amazed actually. Wow, these people are courageous. They discovered that that was the result of that walk with Jesus. Why really Jesus is amazing? Why he's the only one to save the world? Is this really a religious claim? Like many other religions do that too. They, they say, oh, Muhammad is the best. Buddha is the best. Is that really... Like that, we are just doing a propaganda here, or we have reason really that Jesus is mighty. Jesus is the only one to save. Now, I have jotted down here, just noted seven of them. It's a lot. I can talk about Jesus in one go, ten hours to you. Honestly, I'm honest with you. I'm not exaggerating, because he is delicious. He's yummy. He has a lot of things, you know, to talk about, just... Just for, to encourage you today. And I hope that at the end of this meeting, you're, you're going to say, I'm going to praise His name. In every possible way. Now, one reason why He is mighty. Why He is the only one. Because He is the only one defines God clearly and logically. In Jesus, you will be able to understand who God is. In all other religions, it is impossible. They are actually following Greek philosophy. God is unknown in all other religions. So no definition for God. If you ask them, what is God? They just simply say, it is the word. You know the word, became flesh? That's... It's not for them to become flesh. The word is the definition of God in all other religions, philosophy, and Greek philosophy. It's the word, unknown word. You possibly have read, I'm sure you have read Acts chapter 17. Paul says, Paul saw a sign, unknown God. He said, I make that, I can make that God known to you. In all other religions, God is not defined. What is God? And it's philosophers confused. They even do not know. I mean, I don't know how many of you have read philosophies. Even Neoplatonism says we cannot even call God one or two or four if he is unknown. How do we know that? That's a clever thing, actually. So gods are not unknown in all other religions. But in the Bible, God is known. Jesus made that God known He revealed God, He manifested God for you and I to know God because by knowing you can be a good follower, you will understand what obedience is, what dedication is, who God is. And you can say, I know someone and then follow that someone. It's not like other religions. Yes, I am following a God whom I do not know. You see, that's why Jesus is mighty. He makes God known to you. So you can see the glory of God. That's said in John chapter 3. Sorry, John chapter 1 verse 14. The Word became flesh. We saw his glory. Justice. Truth. And then... You were fascinated. You said, I want that one. Clear. He is the clear one among all others. That's why he is the only savior. Second reason. He made God relevant to your life. Gods in all other religions are irrelevant to life. Because if God doesn't. Reveal himself to you in your life He doesn't manifest himself In other words he is not personal He doesn't have personal relationship with you He is irrelevant to your life If you don't come to this church You're irrelevant to this church It is a simple logic You don't belong to this church God is the same Jesus made God relevant to your life. When He says, Pope Peter said, "God is Jesus is the only one. He is the only one can come into your life." He is saying that. The third one. In Jesus, God never delays salvation in all other religions they delay salvation for the afterlife, not only that, they do not give you assurance. If you talk to them, they say, I hope so. And many traditional Christians say that too. (laughs) They don't know God. Delaying salvation for later It's unjust. When you're crying to God, come and release me from the injustice of Satan. If he is the source of absolute justice, he cannot delay it for a second. If he delays that for a second, he is not the true God. Because true God hates injustice and wants to destroy justice. True God loves you and immediately rushes you, opens his arm for you and says, come to my arm. God never delays salvation. That's why you're saved now. The fourth reason... In God, in Jesus, God is the good role model. None of gods in other religions are good role model. In Islam, Allah is the creator of debauchery, sin, corruption. It has borrowed from paganism. Paganism is the same, you know. New age. New age. Many people are following new age in America. They don't know what new age is. They just think, oh, it's cool. They don't know the doctrine. New Age is just similar to Hinduism. Everything is good. Have you heard about yin and yang? You know, um, Taoism, Chinese religion, yin and yang. Yin is the principle of darkness. Yang is the principle of light. They hug each other. Darkness and light can hug each other? No. No. They are enemy with each other, so they don't know. They um, are their gods are not good example. If God is the creator of sin, that means He sees sinner Himself, isn't He? Creating sin means sin. How can a sinner be a good role model for me and lead me to righteousness? But in Christ, God is the creator of good only. God is holy in nature. The holy, absolute nature cannot create sin. God is mighty only for good things. Sin comes from Satan. It came from Satan after Satan rebelled against God. And in Islam, even God designed sin from eternity. Philosophically, it's the, it's the nonsense thing, really. I mean, I don't want to take you to philosophy, but I just want to say to you, God is light. God is holy. Light, light doesn't give you darkness. Why? Because there is no essence of darkness in light. Everything is light in light. It gives you only light. So God creates only good things. That's a good role model. That's a good standard. You always want to have a good standard in your life to follow that standard and live good, well, joyfully. Another reason. Fifth reason. God is the best role model for freedom because he is absolutely free himself. In other gods, we cannot say them, to them that they are free because they are unknown, they are non-revealing, so we cannot call them free because they are not revealing themselves to us. That's called, in conversational language, in prison. They are in prison. They do not reveal themselves. If they are in prison, how they are going to save me? That was the reason I gave my heart to Jesus. Jesus, in Jesus, God is the savior, is the, is the source of freedom. And that's why he's the only savior. The sixth reason in Jesus, the leadership is servanthood. In all other gods, either it's a passive leadership like in New Age and, you know, Eastern religions... Or it is dictatorial like in Islam. Like in in the Quran, if you question, if you just give a reason to the Prophet of Islam, your fingertips must be chopped. That's Quran, chapter 8, verses 10 to 13. And then your head. No question. You should not ask any question, but in Jesus, not only leader is humble, but leader washes your feet. Why? You see, really, Western countries need to discover this. The Western countries discovered the meaning of the gospel after the Reformation, but unfortunately is disappearing now. It's your responsibility. It's your godly responsibility to find the reason for that. Why? Leadership is humble. Why it is good? Why it is the only choice, better choice for people? Because in humble leadership you can talk. There is no pressure on you. You're free. You can share your opinions. Opinions cross one another. And you can find the best one. And you choose the best one, you become a creative person. That's why the Western countries became creative in everything. America is the number one creative country in the world. Because of this. Not, not because of the genius in the university. Because of the leadership model of Jesus Christ. I was a professor. I taught that eight years in the university. The the world's successful businesses are following the leadership model of Jesus Christ, even though many of them are enemy to Christ. They cannot make any penny without Christ. They are hypocrite people. I was walking in the streets of China. I thought maybe I'm walking in America. They hate free market, but they are following every principle of free market. They are hypocrite people. Socialists are hypocrite people. Muslims are hypocrites. And I'm, I'm glad that many of them are opening their, their eyes now. Many Muslims are discovering that the best leadership model for business is in Christianity. That's why his leadership became the source of our civilization in America. If really you want to keep that values, you need to be... Bold about him, courageous about him. And the seventh reason, only in Jesus Christ, people are created in the image of God. What does that mean? That means they call opportunity. That means all are the same. There is no any difference between black and white, yellow and black. Are All are in the image of God. God loves all of them there is no any exception for for, uh, for God um, God God does not discriminate about people if you read other religions either like eastern religions they just are passive about people or about the islam quran says muslims are the best that's not in Christ. All are, are the same in the eyes of God. Now, the disciples, I've I was I became talkative this time. Um, just please allow me a little bit, I just you know to wrap, wrap this in a nice way. Um, the disciple of Jesus Christ and the followers, they saw these qualities in Jesus. So it was it, for me, it was really reasonable for Jesus Christ to ask his disciples, look, you need to acknowledge me before people. That he asked in Matthew chapter 10 verse 32. He says to them, acknowledge me. If you do not acknowledge me, I won't acknowledge you in front of others. We are friends, aren't we? That's his command, you know? We are united. If you see really I am the best, you need to talk. You talk about the best, we all do. We, if, see, if we see a best thing, we do not keep quiet there. So he's being logical, really, for, um, with them. And we, today also, 2000 years after Jesus, we have logic to acknowledge Jesus in front of others. The, the first logic is because he's divine. We know that, we read the gospel. From his miracles, from his words, we see that from his logic. We discover that he is divine, he is the best, we need to speak about him. And also, his values are matchless. I just spoke one about leadership to you. His love is amazing. It's matchless. Some years ago I was speaking in, uh, I had a tour in Finland. I had a chance to speak uh, to some Iranian churches and the Afghan churches from Afghanistan in one of the Afghan churches I was speaking there. There was a young lady she came to talk to me she had two children and uh, we talked a little bit and then she was she started to talk about a young Finnish lady now they didn 't know each other 's language. that Finnish lady was helping this Afghan Lady, because she had two young children, and she was not familiar with the culture there. she was new there. Now this Afghan lady was talking to me because we can talk you know the same language. She told me, "I don't know where is this love coming from," And she started to cry. This lady is helping me. That it's amazing. She said, I haven't seen an inch of her love from my God, from my prophet, from my mom, dad, brothers, and family. I haven't seen that. Where is this love coming from? She was crying. I said, that's the love of Jesus Christ. Even though they didn't understand each other, they wouldn't. They were not able to communicate with each other. The love of Jesus Christ is amazing. I told her that's from Jesus Christ. She was sobbing. She said, it's an honor for me to prostrate in front of him. That's why he's the only Savior. Another reason is our own identity that gives us, you know, encourages us to talk about Jesus to others. Our own identity. Jesus called us the light and salt of the world. Light should shine logically. You don't need to be an educated person to understand this. Light shines Do you really believe that you are the light of Christ? If you do, then it's impossible for you to keep quiet. Impossible. No matter what happens to you. Exactly like those students, you know, uh, disciples of Jesus Christ after his resurrection. Another reason I have here is the unity. You know, when you fall in love with someone... You don't say to that person I love you 80%. You don't say that. You don't say to your children, to your grandchildren, your spouse, you don't say even honey I love you 99.99%. You don't say that. You know that that 1% left that is ugly. That means, honey, I'll be with you for 365 days, but that one day I'll go and spend with another one. It's ugly. Logically, if you love someone, you love that person 100%. This is my logic for Christ. I'm not any better than you. I have just understood the logic. You know, none of us deserve to stand in front of Jesus Christ, but please understand the logic. Please think deeply about the word. So there is a reason. He is logical, asking us, hey, acknowledge me in front of people. Then if this is the case, my brothers and sisters, then what can hold the follower of Jesus Christ back from talking about him? What? And for me, is the misunderstanding or lack of understanding. Misunderstanding the mission of Jesus Christ or misunderstanding the unity. It's amazing. I was talking to Pastor John that my own grandchildren have taught me a lot of lesson about the love of Jesus Christ. That I never, never desire to see them even painful, you know, a little bit. And that's what Jesus approaches us, his approach toward us. What? You know what is holding us back? That's misunderstanding. That's lack of understanding. And it happened to Peter, do you remember that? He was trying to be obstacle to Jesus in some areas. One of the areas was John Matthew chapter sixteen portrays that to us in chapter sixteen, verses twenty-one to twenty-two. Jesus said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, suffer there, die, and then, you know, um, rise in the third day. And Peter rebuked him, you know, gospel says. Took him to a corner and said, what are you talking about? My nation was waiting for you for millennia, for thousands of years to come and restore their fortune. Now you're saying that they will watch your death? You see, misunderstanding? Misunderstanding? He knew he was Messiah, he knew he was the son of God or son of man, but he didn't understand the mission, and that mission crippled him with fear. You remember that he was even afraid from a servant girl before the resurrection, before the event of cross. She blamed him for walking with Jesus. And he denied Jesus three times. But that person became the rock of Jesus after the resurrection. You know why? Because it's not enough to understand Jesus only with your mind. You have to understand him with your heart. It will be impossible for you to know Jesus and deny him. It will be impossible for you to know Jesus, to keep quiet for him. You will shine for him. You will be joyful. And even if you close your mouth, people will understand there is the might of Jesus in you. It's amazing. I sometimes wonder why American Christians are quiet. I sometimes say to myself, I wish I had their English you know, I'm struggling really with English. But I am telling you, I have amazed. I'm not praising myself in front of God. I'm, with, I'm truly witnessing to you. I'm not praising myself. I'm praising him trying to. I have amazed thousands of people. Not only Muslims, non-Muslims, Americans, Europeans, and others. Your English is better than mine. You can prepare yourself wonderfully. Let us sign a spiritual covenant with Jesus today. Could you please do that? Renew your vow with Jesus today. I'm humbly asking you. Because this country needs you desperately. Jesus is the only solution for this country. Not any of these politicians. Even you bring the best politician to this country, it's not going to help. Jesus. Jesus. How Jesus comes to this country? Through you and I. He is mighty God. He can change this nation in a big bang in a second. But that's not the Bible right from the beginning. He said through her offspring, I will crush the head of Satan. It's through you and I. Through the logic of the Bible. Through the reason of the Bible. Through touching the minds and hearts of people. Please renew your vow with Jesus today. Not for me, for his sake, for this country's sake, for your family's sake. Let us pray together. We praise your name. We praise your name truly because you are the best. You are matchless. You are the only one. Oh, what an honor, God, you have given us time to praise your name. Almighty God, I I lift up to your throne, my brothers and sisters here in this church, glorious God. Pour out your Spirit. Anoint all of us today so we can renew our vow with you, with your Son, to live for you and to speak for you, glorious God. Do not leave us to ourselves, to our pride, and to our fear. As, as prayer said at the beginning of the church, Father God, you lead us in everything. You are our Father. We praise your name. We, we want to glorify your name. Without your leadership, it's impossible. Please, please do not leave us to ourselves. Do not leave these brothers and sisters to themselves. Lead them Whisper in, into their ears every second so they can have Every second, communication with you and ask for your guidance. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you so much.